Election College, episode 252, Lucretia Garfield. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, when it comes to being the first lady, well, she didn't serve the least amount of time as first lady, but my goodness, she wasn't there very long. Lucretia Garfield. You know, I was saying something last week about James to my wife. And I know it was a weird conversation to talk about James Garfield with your wife, but that's what I did. <laughs> and at one point, I said something about his wife, Lucretia, and she was like, Lucretia? And I was like, yeah, Lucretia. She goes, was that a name back then? I said, yeah, I think it was kind of actually a semi-popular name. And then she's like, you're crazy. And then my dad was around, and he goes, yeah, you're crazy. So I don't actually know if I'm right or not, if Lucretia was a popular name or not. But either way, I think it sounds cool. Yeah. I think it was a popular name. There's a lot of Lucretias in and around the 1800s. And it's one of those things, maybe it'll come back. It made me doubt myself, but here I am. I'm the history guy in the family. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, the big thing is just to, just to look confident. That's right. That's that's what I tend to do through life. Just, just look confident and people will believe you. <laughs> but... <laughs> Lucretia uh, Rudolph, she was born in Garrettsville, Ohio. See how I said that so confidently? I like that. See, you're going to totally buy this. But it was April of 1832, and she first meets James in 1849 while she was attending school at Hiram College. And yeah, he was her teacher. Well, actually, what happened was he was her classmate, and then something happens to the teacher and James is further along than everybody else. He's a smart guy and he becomes her teacher. So it's not like a creepy fifties music song or anything like that. A music song (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to, as opposed to the songs that are not musical. Right. Yes. So when she really got to know James Garfield and she kind of realized that he might not have been the most, most faithful person to her, uh, you know, not only when they were dating and and engaged, but also when they were married. And so Lucretia decides to, I wouldn't say overlook, but overlook it. And she just decides that she's going to remain determined and continue to, um, you know, do what she needs to do. So she keeps studying, she keeps teaching, and she wants to make sure that if she ever finds herself to not any longer be married, she would have some way to not have to rely on her father. Um, So she wanted to earn her own salary. And, you know, I'm sure she would have done this uh, had she had a faithful man. But the fact that it was not always guaranteed to her probably sped her along on that instance. Yeah, it's interesting to note that, and this is the case with a lot of these presidents, they're kind of babied. Yeah. Um, James Garfield, he's kind of a mama's boy and gets his way and is affirmed, which I'm not saying that you shouldn't be affirmed as a child. 
I like to affirm my child, Mm -hmm. but he was uh, from a very affirming family and his mom kind of coddled him a a bit. Whereas Lucretia or Crete, she wasn't, she was brought up in a very, um, I don't need to say strict home, but a home where, you know, you're going to learn your stuff and you're going to toe the line a bit. And uh, if you don't, well, you'll, I don't know what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's an empty threat, but a threat you need to listen to nonetheless. So uh, they get married when they're 26 and they get married at Crete's parents' house. And that's there in Hiram. And uh, we talked about this a little bit during the James episode, but in case you missed it, uh, they were both members of uh, the Church of Christ or Disciples of Christ. And they were actually married by a Presbyterian minister uh, named Henry Hitchcock. And they decide not to take um, a little trip or a honeymoon right off the bat. And they just, you know, hey, let's get our house put together. Let's get settled in here in Hiram. Yeah. And in 1861, James goes off to fight in the Civil War. And for the first five years of their marriage, they didn't really spend a lot of time together. I think she made the comment that we have been together for like just several weeks in the first five years of marriage. So not a lot going on in the Garfield house with the exception of, well, children were born and uh, unfortunately two die in early childhood, but they have a total of seven kids. So whenever James decides to run for the presidency, uh, everybody's pretty happy about it. I mean, they're pretty happy about getting the move to the White House. And Lucretia isn't really, you know, a social dining extraordinaire kind of person. She understands that, uh, she understands hospitality. She's very hospitable, but she wasn't really interested in doing it because she was the first lady. It's just who she was. Uh, so she did end up having uh, dinners and uh, receptions a couple times a week. And, you know, they were all a great time. But that wasn't really what she strove to do. That wasn't her sole meaning in life. As part of her being the first lady, she was really strong-minded and able to help James kind of with some advice. She helped him select some cabinet officers. Uh, She gave him her choice for secretary of state, which ended up being James Blaine. And that worked out pretty well. And she really understood the party system and the Republican Party in in specific. And, well, you know, there were some times where she would kind of help James play them a little bit so that uh, the factions that were fighting against each other were fighting in one way or another James's favor. I like to think that Lucretia would have been a listener to Election College because what would any listener to Election College do if they became the first lady? Or president, well, as soon as you get to Washington, you go over to the Library of Congress because that's just what you do, right? You right. get connected with the history, and that's exactly what she does. She wants to bring out the flavor of history that is in the White House. She says that she senses that there's ghosts in the White House because of all the history I had seen. And She's seeking to um, furnish it accordingly, and she gets malaria. And 
unfortunately, that means she's going to go up to Elberon, New Jersey, which is a resort. And especially in the 1800s, whenever you fell ill, you went to a resort town where there was a lot of water. And that's precisely what she does. Uh, she goes up there to convalesce. And that's where she is when she finds out that her husband has been shot. Yeah, so we talked about that in the last regular episode, and hopefully you listened to the rebroadcast of a very, very early episode of Election College as well. Uh, but on July 2nd, Charles Coteau shoots James at a railway station in Washington, and he was actually on his way to meet his wife. And uh, after he did that, he was going to head on up to Massachusetts, but because he gets injured in this uh, assassination attempt, she ends up going to him and returns down, goes down by a, a special train, and she is not in any good condition to really be traveling. And, uh, you know, she's obviously um, very fatigued and frail at this point after having been sick. And, uh, but that, that nonetheless does not break her resolve. She's very much intentional about her reason for going to, uh, to see James. So, at one point, her train actually breaks um, the the engine, breaks a piston, and nearly goes off the track. Uh, she gets thrown from her seat, doesn't get injured, it doesn't deter her. She ends up getting to the White House and uh, goes right to James's bedside. So one thing about Lucretia, she is one of the most educated women out there. Um, she is brought up in a household that says, hey, women are every bit as capable as men to do things and should be paid equally. And this really plays out here during the, uh, what do you call this process? Because he's not getting any better. But among the doctors that are hired to take care of James Garfield is Dr. Susan Edson. And she is the only woman doctor to care for the president. And Lucretia gets word that she's getting paid half the amount that the men were getting paid. She is outraged at this. She says, this is discrimination. And what happens? Dr. Edson, she gets the money that she's due. So uh, good for good for Mrs. Garfield standing up for the ladies. And we're going to see this play out um, for the rest of her life. But during these uh, three months that James Garfield is in bed fighting for his life, her grief and devotion were seen by the whole country. And she gains the sympathy for, um, you know, being the widow of the president. Uh, he passes away and hundreds of thousands of dollars are raised for Lucretia Garfield. Yeah. She ends up going and living, uh, you know, for the next 36 years, she is very private, but she does engage with, uh, with other people. She is very busy. Uh, and as Jason mentioned, they had raised a trust fund of about $350,000, uh, for her and for the children. And, um, while she was enjoying the, the rest of her life, she spent uh, all the winters in California, in South Pasadena. Uh, she had built a home there and uh, some, some really 
fabulous architects at the time and popular architects, Green and Green. Uh, she had been distantly related to them and ended up commissioning them to build her a home. And she just was able to, uh, you know, live comfortably, unlike so many of the stories we hear about both presidents and first ladies who are impoverished after they get out of office for one reason or another. Um, she's kind of set. Yeah. Um, World War One. she becomes a volunteer for the Red Cross, and that's where she is. Um, being a volunteer for the Red Cross, dying in South Pasadena, California in 1918. And Ben, get this, I have not been there, but she and her husband are interred at Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio. Their caskets are uh-huh. actually viewable, like in the, the tomb, the caskets, it's like in view. Never heard of such a thing, but. The actual caskets themselves. Yeah. So huh. I don't know if it's a special type of casket or whatever. Is this getting morbid? But. I can't believe it's in Cleveland. I've never been there. Yeah. Maybe we should go for a field trip. There's all I mean, kinds of presidential not history much good up there. In Cleveland, but. Oh, now we've got some listeners in Cleveland. Yeah, but like, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I actually like Cleveland. It's a great place to go see shows, see concerts. <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe we've never been there. And you're right. That part of the state has a lot of um, a lot of presidential and historical stuff. But I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. Yeah, me neither. I've been to the Christmas Story House. You know, oh, you'll nice. shoot your eye out. Yeah. My wife totally surprised me. It was back before we had a smartphone and we had the printed out directions to get there. And I'm like, where Uh are you taking me? And she says, you'll see. I'm like, what? And there it was. And you can walk through it. It's pretty amazing. Nice. My my buddy of mine is a videographer and he did a shoot, a commercial, I think, with that house. It was like a banking commercial or something. I don't know. Weird. Huh. Cleveland. I guess it rocks. That's right. Hey, you know what else rocks? It really rocks whenever you leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes. We really appreciate um, you know just you telling other people and us, but really it's for other people, uh, what you think of the show, and we hope that you think we're pretty awesome. And it helps me, I know, when I go and look at new podcasts to see what kind of reviews they have. So make sure you do that. But what helps me more is when a friend recommends the show to me. I'm much more likely to subscribe when a friend recommends the show. And uh, we hope you have at least one friend that might like history. Yeah. And while you're there on the internet, might as well go ahead and interact with us on one of our social media channels. And that would be on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We're at Election College. Is there ever a time when you're not on the internet anymore? No. Yeah. So there's always kind of connected. really no excuse. That's right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next time. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.